This is the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, your go-to place for mindset transformation, self-empowerment, and personal development. I'm your host, Kayla. I'm a mindset coach for ambitious human beings who are wildly passionate about up-leveling themselves so that they can live a limitless life with ease. I'm here to show you how to create the life of your dreams and powerfully step into your full potential, and of course, live fiercely. So let's get started. Welcome back, my friends. I'm really excited for today's conversation. If you're new here, my name's Kayla, and I'm going to be diving into the Venus sequence and business. So if you haven't listened to the previous episode about the activation sequence in business, I would highly recommend listening to that and then coming into this, or you can do whatever you want, but I just want to say that if you listen to that episode, it's going to be a similar theme where I'm going to be going through my Venus sequence and just talking about my own spheres and lines and how I can see this and apply this to my business to really opening up my heart because this is really what the Venus sequence is for. So you can use the gene keys obviously to contemplate this in any area of your life. But since I am an entrepreneur and I'm really passionate about working with entrepreneurs and in particular supporting them and embodying their human design and gene keys in their business, this is why I've added this additional layer of how I can see the gene keys tying into business. So I'm really looking forward to this and I would love at the end of this episode if this resonates with you like just let me know like I have sometimes people come into my dms and they'll share that something landed for them or makes sense to them and that means like the world to me like I absolutely love connecting with my listeners so I just want to let you know that so let's dive into it my friends the Venus sequence is the second sequence in the golden path of the three sequences that you find in the gene keys. So the Venus sequence, the purpose of this is really to dive into the inquiry of how fulfilling are my relationships. And it's all about navigating your emotional realm. And there's a lot of unconscious planets in here. And so it's really these planets and this energetic imprinting is going to be holding on to the ancestral wounding that is designed to crack us open and allow us to be more connected with people in our life. So naturally, the way that I see this is that when you really dive into the Venus sequence, you're gonna hear you're gonna hear some terminology terminology and language about like sexual wounding and so on. But when you look at sex and you consider attraction, which is literally one of the spheres in the Venus sequence that we'll dive into, attraction comes from chemistry and chemistry comes from interaction. So ultimately, you know, the sexual wound can even be like the kind of wounding that you have with your business because you're attracted, you're in a relationship with your business. Therefore, what are the emotional patterns that are coming up that are, you know, vying for attention for you to be able to tap into that inner child and and heal that wounding or give that acknowledgement so that you can open yourself up more in an authentic way. So that little bit was pretty loaded, but I hope that that landed for you. So basically, contemplating the Venus sequence is going to bring awareness to you on how you can shift your patterns that may block you from consistently living with an open heart. Just to kind of summarize what I just shared. Your purpose sphere is your unconscious earth. And this sphere is really about tapping into 
not what you're doing. So like, you know, you hear people say like, oh, it's your purpose. Like, what are you going to do with your life? Like, it's really about who you're being. And especially when obviously, you know, with the activation sequence, we have the purpose fear, and then we also have the purpose for leading into the Venus sequence. So it's alchemized a little bit differently. There's a slightly different flavor to this intention as we go into opening our heart. So when it comes to the purpose spirit, this is really about how you will redefine the intention of the relationships that you have in your life. And ultimately, if you look at being a business owner, typically businesses is all about relationships. It's all about connecting with your clientele, your patients, your, you know, your people that you work with, the people that you're collaborating with, your employers, your employees, and so on, right? Like it's all interconnected. And so the gift in the city of the sphere of your purpose is ultimately what you're here to experience in the quality of your relationships. So it's like, it's kind of interesting because I know that some of you may look at some of your gene keys and look at some of the words and you're like, what the F does that even mean? And I promise you that as you continue to dive more into the gene keys, you can allow yourself to interpret those words in a way that relates to your life. And that's when you're going to feel the awakening and the realization come to you and the clarity. So basically... When we're seeking the external reason for a relationship, whether it's with ourselves or another person, it's simply a distraction from what's actually available to emerge from within you. So let's say, for example, like we're watching Netflix and we're seeing a classic comedy where, you know, the girl falls for the guy and maybe she thinks, oh, well, he's really smart and he makes really good money and we'll have really cute kids. And it's like this sort of externalized desire of materialistic things but ultimately when you look underneath of that like where's the connection you know where's the strong desire and I fully acknowledge that I just gave like a cisgender straight relationship example and that's just because I identify as straight and that was the first thing that came to my mind but it can be any type of relationship with any gender or anyone who is just seeking to have a relationship, but with an agenda and maybe lacking that that authenticity of cracking their heart open. That's really what I'm trying to say. So ultimately, when you look at your purpose fear from a business lens, it's like, what are the gifts that you're here to bring to your relationships? And how have your shadows closed your heart, but also shown you where to where you need to look and to consider when it comes to opening your heart? So for me in the purpose sphere, I have gene key 15 with the two lines, so 15.2. And the shadow of 15 is dullness, then we come into magnetism, and then fluorescence. And the other way that I love to look at this, because if you've been listening to me for a while, you know that I'm very fluid between human design and gene keys, is 15 lives in the G center. 15 is about, you know, being in the G center is about... Uh, identity, sense of direction, lovability. This is also part of the only conscious channel that I have, which is 15 to five. And it's it's known as the gate of extremes in, in human design. And so for me, when I contemplate this as my purpose fear, and especially considering this being like the tail end of my activation sequence, which I dove into quite heavily in the last episode, the way that I see it from an opening of my heart is that I'm here to alchemize the dullness in relationships the stagnancy. And I think I talked about this in the last episode, but I'm just going to say it again here because this is just part of the essence of this gene key is there needs to be polarity in order to create magnetism, right? And so when I'm in the shit, 
and I'm really feeling dull and stagnant and disconnected in my relationships. I'm lacking a sense of direction. I don't know who I am. The lovability is lacking, like bringing in the human design aspect into this. I really notice this shadow experience of just being disconnected. Like I'm not being who I am meant to be. But then when I find, and it's so interesting that this literally happened last night. I was I was hanging out. My boyfriend Guillaume is in Europe for a month. So I'm home alone for a whole last month and the cats, me and the cats. So last night I'm like, I need to like get out of the house because to be home, work from home 24 seven is a lot. And so I was like, I want to go to the Nordic spa, which is downtown Victoria. And I want to do the hot cold plunge. And it's crazy because what I realized was that the two line in my purpose fear is all about fluids. And so I was like, okay, this is crazy. You know, if you look at, so this is actually an activation sequence sort of plug that I'm doing right now. So it's about posture and fluids. And so for me, I was like, oh my God. So in order for me to, you know, I was really feeling dull. I was feeling dull last night. I was like, I'm going to go to the Nordic spa. I'm going to do one hot and cold plunge therapy. So there's like steam room sauna. They've got the, uh, you know, ice bucket and like plunging pool. I'm going to go and do this circuit for two hours. I went by myself didn't talk to anyone so I was just like with myself experiencing the extremes and like was like sitting with posture in the rooms and just being with myself and it was really interesting because I I was just able to to feel that magnetism to like feel alive again by intentionally putting myself in a situation where I could play with the extremes and it was just so fascinating that it was about like you know, posture and fluids of like, okay, bringing structure back and being fluid with my, my physical experience, like in my body, which is quite literally how the purpose is connected to you. And so I, this happened last night. I was like, wow, this is such a good example for the podcast. I'm excited about this. So that's like, you know, when I kind of go and I understand the lines, whether you're looking at it from an activation or a Venus sequence lens, it's just so interesting to see how we can activate ourselves right? And so that really, that was really interesting to me last night that I tapped into this because I did, I came home and I was like, I felt like my heart was more open. I made a really good dinner. I bought some special ice cream and I was watching Netflix with my cats and it was perfect. And I felt so energized after that. So when we talk about, let's talk about the shadow side of the two line of the purpose sphere from a Venus sequence lens. Okay, so the example I just gave about posture and fluids is like the tail end of the activation sequence as the purpose fear. And now I'm going to talk about it from the Venus side. So the each line in the purpose fear has like two sides. There's a shadow and then there's a gift side. So for example, the shadow side is the accuser. And so the repressive energy is like me burying my head into the sand. My reactive energy is responding with angry outbursts. And my main block is my awareness, my 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 awareness of not, let me rephrase that, my lack of awareness in terms of how I affect others, okay? So basically what I've noticed with the two line as you will study this through the gene keys is that there's a lot of passion and there's a lot of emotional expression with this. And so when I look at, when I'm in the shadow experience of a two line of the extremes is like, yes, I can get heated and I can have outbursts in relationships or communication when I'm in my not self theme of being frustrated. And so what can happen is the accuser side is like, 
deflecting and not taking responsibility for how I'm impacting others and it's just like avoiding wanting to avoid certain emotions and like projecting it onto others so it can cause a lot of emotional drama and it's funny because I'm saying this because it's kind of like a big pill to swallow because you know you don't really want to call yourself out and shit like this but I feel like it's important because I've been able to sit here and ask my questions when when I am having emotions come up, this is really great for an unconscious two line in this sphere. When I'm having emotions come up, how can I remind myself that I am designed to have a natural flow in how I express myself? I don't have to be, you know, having outbursts to be seen. And maybe this shows up, this may not be like with a client, for example, but it might be in my relationship to social media and how I show up and being, let's say, frustrated with the algorithm. And it's like, okay, well, instead of just being righteous and exploding, it's like, well, maybe I can just share that this week I'm a little rattled that, you know, the content's not getting seen. There's less engagement, but it doesn't have to be an outburst or an accusation towards something or someone. So that's the way that I've contemplated that is like really looking at how I'm showing up unconsciously when it comes to me fulfilling how I meant to show up with magnetism. And so when we look at the gift side is we is defined as natural for the two line. The inner strength is responding to life simultaneously. The outer strength is being at peace with others. And the highest potential is that your easygoing nature allows everyone around you to relax. So it's funny how there's the extremes and these spectrums, right? And each of the lines in the perfect sphere from the Venus side is going to show that. And so for this, the gift is that when I allow myself to naturally be in flow, and it's so interesting how 15, when connected to the five, like that channel's all about rhythm. And yes, there's extremes, but you can find flow in the extremes. So it's like, how can I express myself with the flow rather than going to the extremes and having it, you know, be dull because it's only anger present. And it's not, it's, there's a possibility of, of having all emotions or having a flow and a fluidity. It's like there's a stagnancy that happens. So, you know, one of the, one of the inquiries that I've dove into from my business side is like, how can I, how can I connect with my emotions to flow so that I can connect with others and allow it to be fluid rather than like a projectile you know accuser style it's like this is what i'm feeling having this laid back easy energy so that others can feel relaxed around me and want to connect and converse right without having to go to the extremes so this is how i've been contemplating the purpose here and this is how i've physically experienced it for example like me sharing about going to the spa last night and like literally hot cold therapy and that just that grounded me which I find really interesting. So that could be something else and you look at because this is that core stability coming into your purpose sphere, whether it's from the activation side or into the Venus, is like, what is it that is going to give me that stability so that I can relax in my body and be able to receive and focus, right? So that's my first little deep dive into the first sphere. So then we dive into the first pathway leading up into the second sphere of the attraction sphere. So this is the pathway of dharma and this pathway is all about surrender it's all about alchemizing our drama into our dharma and dharma represents truth in life so when we embody our purpose as a way of being overdoing our truth of what we're designed to share will will present itself naturally and so dharma and karma they're the first and second pathways that 
are going to be guiding us through the Venus sequence and Dharma and Karma are also as languages and terms borrowed from ancient Indian Indian religion traditions that tie into and relate to contemplation. So this pathway is all about surrender. It's about balancing the inner and outer work that shows up for us through our relationships. And so it's really allowing things to have a natural flow because obviously when we're open and we're in our purpose and especially with me being a two line, that natural flow is like that's going to lead into you attracting the correct relationships for you in your life, which is part of the attraction sphere. So this is the next one that we're going to talk about. So the second sphere is your attraction sphere, and this is your unconscious moon. So this placement is while you were in the womb. So remember that all of the unconscious planets that you have in your human design chart and your gene keys, those were all energetically imprinted 88 days before the day that you were born. This is all your ancestral wounding and ancestral genetic imprinting that you've received. So the unconscious earth, unconscious moon, right? So we're moving through the unconscious planets right now. This gene key is the essence of our sexuality. And this is why it's about attraction. So as I kind of mentioned earlier, that sexuality doesn't just have to be about sex. It's about literally attraction like that magnetism like opposites like co-creation chemistry so i want you to consider that when you're contemplating this fear because ultimately there is an attraction to your business as a business owner there's going to be attraction to the types of clients that you call in the type of work that you do it's not just about sex but the sex part is like the co-creation aspect i don't just want to paint a picture that this is literally about reproduction or you know the typical intercourse right it's it is creation but you can co-create in many ways you can co-create through language you can co-create through energy it can be through taking action right so just play with all of that as we go into this so with this energy we're calling forth the relationships that will help us fulfill our highest purpose so this is, it's funny because when you, when you start to dive into the attraction sphere and I was reading about the 22nd gene key and I did talk about the 22nd gene key in my podcast episode when I was saying, um, a couple episodes ago when I was questioning myself in the coaching industry, that's the name of the episode. And what I loved about the 22nd gene key is that it really talked about us being distracted in life where we think we know what it is that we want, but then we will attract things in our life that we actually need to fulfill our higher purpose. And that is the the law of grace. And so I feel like this ties in really beautifully because let's say, for example, you know, almost four years ago, five years ago now when I started my business, I look at the vision, I look at what it is that I wanted and now I'm looking back on what's happened and I'm like, okay, there's a lot of things that happened that I didn't want, but it actually got me to where I am, which is what I really wanted instead, but I didn't realize. So that's the thing with the attraction sphere is that it's also one thing I think is so important is about unshaming the kinds of relationships or connections that you attract into your life because those are simply the lessons that you're here to learn from that and I just want to preface this because I know that this can like turn into sort of a gaslighting commentary around I don't want to say that people attract abuse into their life that's a hundred percent not what I'm saying so I just need to like say that consciously that 
when we attract certain relationships into our life, they're going to bring us certain experiences. And I'm not saying that to condone those relationships. I'm saying that to say that everyone will have their own experience. And I think that anyone could say that they've either learned what they want or don't want from those relationships. So I hope that that's clear. I just really wanted to emphasize that to be inclusive around relationships so that people don't feel disempowered with that. When I'm looking at my attraction sphere, I have Gene Key 46, sorry, Gene Key 48.6. 48 from a human design lens is found in the spleen and the shadow is inadequacy, the gift is resourcefulness, and the city is wisdom. And when we look at the spleen, for example, so it's undefined for me and this, this Gene Key is obviously unconsciously defined as well. So what I've noticed is this experience of safety and security which comes from the spleen definitely ties into the shadow of inadequacy for me and so what i've noticed from a business lens is i have experienced so many situations where i felt inadequate and i'm actually so excited to talk about this gene key because i feel like some people feel really disempowered they're like yes inadequacy this is like the biggest fucking wounding of humankind right but inadequacy leading into resourcefulness, if you look at it from the lens of, and I've listened to this gene key as well, where inadequacy points us in, into the direction to become resourceful. It is like the driver of us gaining wisdom. And especially with this being unconsciously defined for me is that I unconsciously will be resourceful because of this underlying fear, because in the splenic center, these are fear gates of being inadequate. And so that drive for resourcefulness, being resourceful and finding what it is that you need to know and this natural embodiment of discovery and living life leads to wisdom. And wisdom isn't necessarily, wisdom isn't necessarily knowledge in the sense that wisdom is timeless. It's not like, oh, I learned this thing at this time. It's like a very natural, consequential expression of the resources that you are embodying and that you have discovered for yourself. So it's, it's, it's really interesting how fear, you know, we, there's a lot of things online where it's like, get rid of fear, fear is bad, feel the fear and do it anyway. And I feel like in this situation, when it comes to becoming resourceful, yes, feel the fear of like, I don't know how to do this thing, or I don't know if I know enough. And that pushes us in the right direction to find what it is that we need to know, right? But with that will also just come the natural experience of discovery that then naturally becomes wisdom. So I hope that that kind of paints a more empowering context around this gene key because I used to just, when I saw the shadow, I was like, yes, I feel inadequate. And I was just like automatic victim flag, like this is me, I'm inadequate, like this is why I attract these situations in my life and so on. But what I notice is inadequacy, like I, when I started my business, I did not know how to start a business. I did not know anything. I did not know how to run a website, start an email list. Just there's so many things that I didn't know that I just naturally learned through being resourceful, through YouTube, through asking questions, through trial and error. And then all of a sudden I have this wisdom of just sometimes I go and I, it's, an, it's an unconscious two line, even though that's my main profile and I'm talking about the six line in the attraction sphere this natural way of learning still comes through in my attraction sphere. And so it's really interesting when, 
we when we look at this like my drive in my business has been like I don't know how to do this but it's something that I really want to do and now I have this wisdom to share and it can even be in relationships with clients like okay you don't know this thing and then you're going to be driven to go and discover what it is and come back and share your wisdom and the journey that it took you to got to to get to that wisdom so in my attraction sphere I have a sixth line and there's there's two sort of flavors here. We have disappointment and innocence and then resigned and ecstatic. So one of the things that I really noticed with the sixth line, and we see this flavor in human design as well, where it's like an on the roof, introspective, like visionary, seeing beyond. And there can be this kind of detachment in terms of like really having this unique experience with just living their life and having a different perspective or like being misunderstood like you're going to see these themes a lot when you when you go through the lines throughout all of the golden path so there is within the sixth line in in my attraction sphere is that there's this deep vision that will build up for me to go and achieve it and so when I'm in the shadow of this frequency, it's kind of like I've lost connection to this vision and it, it collapses and I feel disappointed and I'm resigned by my dream. And so there's still going to be this underlying drive to never give up on the dream. And it's so interesting because that's exactly it. I could not tell you how many fucking times I look at the relationship I have with my business and I've lost my vision and I don't, I don't know... I don't know what's next. I don't know how it's going to work. And I feel like everything is collapsed and I lose motivation and I don't know what I'm doing. And it's just, it's, I become resigned. That's literally it. So I, I'm really curious for you to t go look at your attraction sphere and look how that ties into the relationship that you have with your business. So the biggest thing with this shadow is having patience and perspective. So it's really, it's really about straddling what I can appreciate now in the moment versus what is coming on its way. And it's, it's really easy for me in the shadow realm to blame and have impatience and then like project it onto my business. Like, fuck you business, you haven't achieved this yet. And look at all this effort I've put in. Like there can be this projection that comes from this. So the big inquiry for me, and this has been so humbling, is, is how can I innocently be excited, be ecstatic with the progress that I've made so far and continue to be connected to that long-term vision, even if I feel inadequate. Like, how can I do that? Because automatically it taps into being resourceful. So this is, this is how I'm contemplating the attraction sphere with a six line. So I think ultimately for you, whether you have a six line or you have 48, I mean, that'd be really cool if we had the same gene key and line. But I think that you can still take this sphere and look at the kind of relationship that you have with your business and look at the types of situations and people you are attracting to give you the things that you need in order to strengthen and open your heart with this connection. The next pathway that we're going to go on is the pathway of karma. And this, your karma is released from your attractor field. So what that means is that every kind of relationship you experience in life will have a certain flavor of karma for you to alchemize. So the attraction sphere calls in the relationships and then the karma pathway gives you the possibility of evolving this connection. So it's created through the connection of our auric fields, like that chemistry that we have with other people or the things that we're in a relationship with. So this, this attraction sphere, I mean, I talked about sexuality, but this is deeply rooted in sexuality. And so when when we look at sexuality and attraction and chemistry, like this is going to magnetize, it's going to attract 
what it is that we are meant to unveil to experience that karma and alchemize it. So this is really a beautiful pathway to, to ask yourself, in what areas of my life do I notice common common karmic themes in my relationships? Like what are the what are the patterns that keep happening and how can you alchemize them and really see what is there for you to uncover for you to open up your heart more and really enhance that connection that you get to have with other people. So the next sphere, the third sphere in the Venus sequence is the conscious Venus. So this is on the conscious side of your human design chart. And actually in human design, the Venus is all about relationships. So it's like what you value in relationships. And then you come into the gene keys and it's your intelligent quotient. And this is, there's three phases. There's three intense phases actually that we go through in the Venus sequence. There's your intelligent quotient. Then we have the emotional quotient. And then we have the spiritual quotient. So the IQ is the energetic imprinting that you receive between the ages of 14 to 21. And so this is like our teenage years. So these are like behavioral patterns, emotional patterning or behaviors that we pick up consciously during those seven years of our teenage times. And usually this influence is all about the mind. And so it's going to be looking at it's going to be looking at what in that time influenced us through society, dogma, belief systems that caused us to mentally absorb information and see things a certain way. So this this journey with this fear is about unlocking the mind so that you can unlock deeper emotions within us. Because if you notice, maybe you're this person, I think at all points we do this, where we will logically speak about something like in circles and like, you know, just take all the bits of information, pull it apart, integrate it, but we don't actually sink below that to feel the emotions that come with it because we logic our way out of it. So this is really about unlocking that that way of thinking and seeing and believing so that you can emotionally process what it is that you're here to process with that gene key and that line. So what you can ask yourself with this fear is like, what am I noticing with this gene key that could contract me mentally or expand me mentally to share the gift of this gene key with my clients with my team with my audience and so on so it's it's the unlocking mentally to like sink into the body so that you can tap into what you value in relationships and share that gift with the people that you have connections with so the iq there's there's six lines for each sphere And for the IQ, they all have to do with the psychology bias related to specific flavors to thinking and human behavior. So there's going to be a higher frequency expression and then a shadow keynote expression. And so these, the shadow expression, so that keynote is, it comes through the thinking and behavior that we develop between the ages of 14 to 21. So for example, I'll just share them here really quick, but I'll dive into the, the line that I do have in this sphere. So line one is a contemplative mind and the shadow side is a hidden mind. Line two is a brilliant mind, provocative. Line three, flexible mind, evasive. Line four, influential mind, inflexible. Line five, practical mind, defensive. Line six, objective mind, absent. So there's gonna be the the high and the low frequencies of this that you can also contemplate when you dive into this gene key so my gene key in the iq is 19.5 
19 is found in the root center in human design and the shadow is codependency sensitivity and sacrifice so i like to consider this 19 is going to have the flavor of being able to connect with people right there's going to be that that intimacy that sensitivity that awareness of others and that pressure to evolve and like what's the next thing because you've got that pressure from the root right so when i consider 19.5 and i look at how my mind like my specific life experience between the ages of 14 to 21 i had actually just come out of my ex-stepmom had left my dad when i was 15 years old and i'd come into this new chapter of my life where i felt like i wasn't codependent to my parents in that sense anymore and like i became very sensitive to the kinds of relationships that i wanted to have with people and the kind of expectations that I was committed to carrying forth in terms of communication, respect, like everything that has to do with being sensitive to another person because I felt like I hadn't received that in my upbringing in that household. And it's really interesting because the fifth line, the practical mind, the shadow side is really falling into the depths of self-pity and victimhood and thinking that everyone was against them or against me. And it's, I definitely could see, you know, there's a tendency to be defensive and push back in the teenage years. And I could just even see this, the way that I was emotionally charged growing up and pushing back towards my parents and, and just not, not allowing myself with a practical mind to come to simplicity. So the five line is always about leadership. It's always about simplicity. It's always about power. And so me being able to look at something and be sensitive to the way that I could have expressed myself and been really practical about addressing the things that I was seeing or experiencing during that time, that would have, you know, been a huge contribution to my development leaving my teens. But the thing is, obviously, I didn't have this awareness of human design when I was that young. And so it's, it's really about the fifth line is really about being a straight shooter. And how we can explain things to others there's going to be this great intention and depth of detail and this is really going to attract people to like the five lines naturally attract people and even if you're like a fifth line in human design like this mentorship hero energy right it's still present in the gene keys so what i've noticed though even then when i look back at my ages to 14 and 21 i was always the person that somebody would come to to talk about their shit because i had that gift of sensitivity and I, I had this ability to like listen to someone and be able to simplify and give them a practical view on it. And so it was really interesting to, to contemplate this. And I think that being able to look at this from a business lens, because obviously we're talking about teenage years, like these patterns still show up for us in our adulthood, right? So for me, one of the things that's been really empowering is from a business lens when I look at how I'm showing up in my business, I can ask myself, like, how can I break this pattern of self-pity through self-awareness? Like, what is it that I need to be aware of? What is it that I need to sacrifice so that I can embody this experience of sensitivity? Even though sensitivity is the gift, sometimes I like to look at it the other way around where it's like, we can sacrifice the things that are, are not allowing me to feel sensitive, right? And then it breaks that codependency. So there's, you know, I know that we try to look at the shadow gift in city as a linear experience, but it doesn't have to be because for me, that's where I find my liberation in contemplating this particular gene key. 
So the other question too that I can ask myself is like, what am I blocking myself from when it comes to leading others through this victimhood mindset? So when I look at what am I blocking blocking myself from is ultimately intimacy, right? It's like, oh, well, if I'm defensive, pushing things away, I'm not going to experience intimacy. Things are going to be complicated. They're not going to be simple. And so this is how I've, I looked at this, this is a very mental sphere to contemplate and really looking at like what's opened the mind, what's contracted the mind, what are the patterns that carry on into adulthood and that may also be showing up in, in your business or in my business. The next pathway that we're on is that of intelligence and this is all about balancing the yin and the yang energy within us and this is balancing the head and the heart. So the head is yang, the heart is yin. And so in the shadow experience of this pathway, it can cause defensiveness. So obviously there's a lot of defensiveness that showed up in the IQ when I was personally talking about 19.5. But also if you think about mentally, that's usually where we become defensive. Logically thinking about things is what triggers defensiveness. So defenselessness with a commitment to clear mental and emotional boundaries is what will bring us the clarity for our natural intelligence to shine through. This is going to be the key to unlocking open-mindedness and also an open heart. Because ultimately, if we can see things differently, if we can process things differently, we're opening new doors. And if we're opening new doors, then that's naturally going to lead to a pathway where we can open our heart more. So what happens is when we're defensive mentally, we're usually trying to justify ourselves logically. And when we're defensive emotionally, we're usually closed off or projecting our emotions back onto the other person. So when you're contemplating this pathway, you can ask yourself in business lens, where do I find myself being defensive when tough emotions come up or a mental perspective challenges my own? What would be possible if I became defenseless? How would my heart open up? How would my mind be more clear? So it's just, it's just really about getting curious because curious allows for fluidity. The next sphere that we're diving into is the emotional quotient, also known as the EQ, which is your conscious Mars planet. And so when we look at the conscious Mars or just Mars planet in general from a human design lens, this is like our aggression, our passion, the things that drive us in life and also our space of immaturity and the way that I always explain immaturity because I feel like, I mean, when I learned about this, the Mars planet does have the archetype of like a younger brother, like that sort of immature-esque sort of experience. But also I like to talk about immaturity from a place of imagine you planting a seed of a plant. It is immature because it has not yet grown. Like it's just an opportunity. It's a possibility for growth. And I feel like that has a less negative connotation because usually maturity is just portrayed as, you know, condescending. And it doesn't need to be like that. It's a space for growth. So this is the fourth sphere in the Venus sequence. This is our emotional intelligence. It's about listening and communicating and being responsible for our own emotional experiences. And so this imprinting happens between the ages of eight to 14. So now we're, we're backing up in time. We're going to go all the way back. The core wound is what happens when you're in the womb space. So the Venus sequence travels back in time through our conscious and unconscious imprinting. So basically, this is the middle ground between your childhood and your adulthood. And it's a very potent time 
for transition, okay? So this sphere holds the wisdom of the boundary issues that you'll experience in relationships. And so the shadow side is that we may be more or less expressive in our adult years, depending on how our emotions were supported from the second phase of life. So when you, when you contemplate the sphere, you can ask yourself, like, how can I express my emotions and boundaries without the pressure to blame someone else so that I can be responsible? Like, how can I look inward from my emotional needs so that my gifts of the sphere get to be expressed freely and in a way that's playful? Because if you look at it between the ages of eight to 14, like you're a child, like we're children and we're designed to be expressive and just be unleashed emotionally. And that's usually when things start to get really serious. So in my EQ, I have gate, or should I say gene key, 41.4. So this gene key, the shadow is fantasy. We have anticipation and emanation. Line four is kindness and meanness. So it's been really interesting because this period of my life, like I kind of mentioned before from my later years, my later teenage years, like my experience in my childhood where I had like a an experience of a toxic upbringing with my ex-stepmom and my dad, right? With alcoholism and just the communication and the manipulation, like it was a lot. And so it's really interesting because my EQ and my SQ are 41.4. So this gene key is about cycles. So the shadow of fantasy is really about being in a space where you're constantly thinking about the things like it's a very cyclical thing like it's a stuck energy right like it needs to shift and change and so it's like when I look at the cycles that I was in like I met my ex-stepmom when I was seven years old and I actually remember the day that I met her and I remember having the intuition of a child and knowing that this was not going to be good (laughs) at seven years old with no evidence I can still remember that day And so it's really interesting because I experienced many cycles in this time, a lot of manipulation. And it was, it was very frustrating from, you know, a human design lens. Like I was completely out of alignment. And I think as a child, there's a lot of things that I couldn't control that I had to experience. And it's just really unfortunate. But I think that the biggest thing is that when I consider, when I consider reflecting back, because obviously now, you know, you're listening to this and you're in your adult years and we're looking at the wounding that happens in our childhood. When I look back into seeing these cycles and the fantasies of like, oh, what if things could be like this? What if things could be like this? And it's just not, it's like this kind of unwillingness to just slightly shift the way of thinking, being, or doing, but that's how you access the anticipation. It's like, well, what if this could happen instead? What if this doesn't happen? That's anticipation of something to change, right? And when we go into the city of emanation, like this is ultimately the consequence of anticipating change. And so it's it's literally the consequence. Like if you look up the synonyms for this, consequence, result, fruit, these are all like byproducts, side effect. Like these are literally the consequences of breaking the cycle, right? There needs to be an interruption there. So it's really interesting because I was like in these cycles for years and years and years with this, with this emotional wounding that I had experienced in that time. And it was interesting because obviously with this being the conscious Mars, it's like that immaturity. Like I didn't, I didn't have 
the knowing or the willingness or the understanding to break these cycles at that time. But then obviously looking back, like this is the part where we can never change the past if we can shift how we see it. And I can look back at my younger self and really have compassion, which is, is funnily enough, is like the highest expression of my life's work is like having compassion for myself. Like Kayla, you know, you were in a vulnerable space. Like there was a lot of things that you experienced. There was a lot of cycles that you couldn't break. There's a lot of things that you had to endure. And it was like over and over again, but you did nothing wrong. Like you, like having this compassion and and it's like the, the fantasy can also be like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not this, I'm not that. Like it's just this continual cyclical thing. But then here I am coming in now with a different energy of like compassion. That's breaking the cycle. That's me seeing things different, differently. And then the emanation of that is like being able to find peace, which funnily enough is in my evolution sphere. The highest expression of the sixth gene key is peace. Then we have diplomacy as the gift and the shadow is conflict. So even though I'm taking you through my Venus sequence journey right now and talking about this, like the, the gene keys are not a linear experience even though we look at them on the screen and we see the little arrows and pathways and all the things it's not a linear experience like it's a spiraling experience like it's holographic it's dense it's deep it's not a one-time journey so when I consider the four line in this the four line the shadow is meanness and it shows up as a low low esteem projection onto others and this is a tactic to push others away and so it's interesting because when i think about you know me being a child like my parents separated when i was three my mom remarried my stepdad or married my stepdad when i was seven my dad met my ex-stepmom when i was seven and so there was a lot happening there and i do actually remember being very angry as a child, right? Obviously, I've talked about how I have unconscious two lines and those two lines are very much about like emotion and they can be very projecting as well. And so this meanness, like I remember being mean. I remember being mean as a kid and even pushing away my family members. Like I remember I went through a phase where I was like resenting my own grandmother for no reason. And it's just like, I look back and I'm like, why? Like what was happening? And now I can see consciously as an adult, it's like to push people away because, you know, I was afraid of rejection and just being angry and being stuck in the fantasies and the cycles. And it's just like angry and pushing away. Like it just didn't stop. So this is used actually as a manipulation tactic because obviously if I'm pushing people away, they can't reject me. I reject them first and I get to be in control. So it's really interesting because the four line, the, the deep essence of a four line is this natural ability to connect with others. This networking, community, energy, relationships are a really big thing. Leadership is also in the flavor of the four line. And so it's like in order for me to experience that, like now as an adult, I can look back and I can take responsibility for the moments when I start being mean to people. And it's like, Kayla, this is your inner child wounding, bringing in that compassion. How can you be kind? How can I, how can I trust myself to be strong and to be committed to the relationships that I have, right? And it's like, I'm worthy of having these relationships. This is how you shift that self-esteem, right? Because when we feel good about ourselves, that's when we can see and feel the good in others. Because that's one of the things with the four line is like bringing out this essence in other people, bringing out the best in them. So this, the gift in the city of this fear, so this anticipation and emanation, it's like, Kate, hey, we're changing relationships. 
like I'm changing relationships and we're going into having a different consequence and result of this relationship. And I even see this now where I've had a recent experience where I was, I felt rejected. I was super righteous and I was feeling very mean. And in order to get closure in that situation, I was like, Kayla, what can you actually be grateful for? And like, how can you approach this from the lens of kindness and like completely shift the fantasy that you're living in? I literally experienced this yesterday. So it's so interesting how these patterns, they will still show up. So from a business lens, I contemplate this from asking myself the questions of like, when I'm being mean to myself through having low self-esteem, where am I projecting this onto others? Like, where am I avoiding responsibility? In what ways can I be kinder to myself so this feeds into supporting relationships with others? You know, this may not necessarily show up with me and clients, but the day that I've grown a bigger team and I get frustrated or I feel like there's things that are emotionally triggering, like this wounding pattern could come out. And how can I just immediately have that keyword kindness? ground me back into kindness right so I feel like these these keynotes that we get from the lines can just be these like trigger words to remind us of what it is that we know so that we can choose differently the next pathway that we're going on is the pathway of love and this pathway when I was reading about it I was just so like I really felt myself open up because as we go through the Venus sequence this is obviously a really long episode right so it's like I'm sharing so much but the themes of it is going back into our wounding and like coming back to unconditional love like really for ourselves and other people and you know love is can't love can be limitless I'm gonna say it that way I'm not gonna say love is limitless because I want to acknowledge that some people really have their valid experiences and being heartbroken in life and I, I never want to invalidate that and I still believe that we have the strength in each of us to come back to that unconditional love for the things that happened that didn't happen for the things that we did or didn't do or the things that happened to us and for us and so on. So the love as a pathway is what is creating connections with other humans. And it's really through devotion, self-expression and service. So this will emerge and expand the more we become in touch with the people through our dharma right? So this pathway is runs parallel if you look at the gene keys with the Dharma pathway. So this really happens through our daily interactions with others because this is going to fuel our spiritual evolution, which is like, you know, what we're coming up to in the next sphere. And it's really love that leads us back to ourselves and leads us back to others. Like I know that you can think of a time in your life where you've had a really intimate conversation or interaction with someone and there's just this really special remembering and this this sort of sacred energetic connection that happens and it might have been a fleeting moment it might have been a conversation it might have been like the start of a relationship that is still happening for you or it might have been that fleeting moment where maybe that relationship didn't continue but you got what you needed in that moment and that was like a treasure to you but it's through these interactions, right? So I think that that's something that can be really powerful is I remember learning years ago when I was in a landmark seminar one day, how our life is literally the relationships that we have with other people. Like that is our life. 
And it's not to say that you need to have a lot of relationships, but it's about the quality of relationships. And so even when you go to the store and you go through the cashier and you pay for your groceries, like you're having a relationship and connection with that person. When you get a coffee, when you fill your gas tank, when you go to the doctor, when you are, you know, you accidentally bump into someone when you're walking and you're like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. Like it's just all of these interactions like this is our life like imagine just walking around the planet and there's no other human beings like what is that right so it's like coming back to the interconnectedness that we have with other people and so this pathway is really about being committed to prioritizing our primary relationships in our life through all of the karmic experiences and now we're coming back into that karmic pathway and coming back into the attraction sphere like really embracing all the challenges that come with it because it's showing us how to crack ourselves open up even more. So from a business lens, you can ask yourself when contemplating this pathway is where am I prioritizing my relationships and the presence of love in these relationships? Where can I consider reevaluating my commitment to these people of importance so that I can create space for love to be presence for a deeper connection? right? So really consider that it's, it's literally about going deeper and just tapping into the love that we have inside of ourselves and in our body. Cause I feel like we live a lot of our life in our mind, right? So now we're really coming back deeper and deeper into the core, going towards the SQ, going towards the core wound. So your SQ is known as the spiritual quotient. This is your unconscious Venus. So again, coming back into relationships with the Venus planet and what we value in relationships. So this is the fifth sphere of the Venus sequence. And this is really, we're coming into this catalyst space for our healing journey because it's all about us being connected to our spiritual journey. So the breakthrough of your radiant sphere in the activation sequence is the consequence of you opening your heart with unconditional love through your SQ. So again, this is not a linear journey. As much as there's three sequences in the gene keys, like it's all interconnected. So your IQ rules your psychology, your EQ rules your ideology, and your SQ rules your mythology. So this is all about coming home to yourself through how you value your relationships and love. So the love experienced through the sphere is a consequence of the love that travels through the pathway of love. So if you notice the more contemplation that we do with the spheres in our Venus sequence, this is really going to open us up. Like it widens the river for us to have this flow of emotion and connection with other people. So this is the only sphere that does not have a shadow side because it's purely innocent in the way that we experience recovery and retrieval of our spiritual existence. So this is a flame that never falters is how it's described. And this is our flame of unconditional love that we're here to claim over and over again. So it's a constant like coming home to ourselves like, oh yes, I do have this love. Oh yes, I can open my heart. Yo, yes, I am spiritually connected to myself and others. So when you contemplate this from a business lens, you can ask yourself, where can I tap into unconditional love in order to feel closer to my natural spiritual self? What can I contemplate in the frequencies of this gene key that will give me the space to come home to myself from a place of pure love? And how will this influence my relationship with others? So when I look at my SQ, again, like I mentioned, it's 41.4. And it's so interesting how you can have such different experiences with the, with the gene keys, depending on the sphere they're in, even if they have the same line. So 
for me, I mentioned 41. We have the shadow of fantasy, anticipation, emanation, right? So again, with the spiritual aspect is the fantasy of constantly just being stuck in specific cycles and, and having the privilege and the opportunity to anticipate something different. And so when I consider that, and it's so interesting because I was contemplating this sphere fairly recently, and I think it was the line that really made a difference for me. So the fourth line in the SQ is about belonging, and it's about kinship and community. So the four line will make an impression with many people in their lifetime, and it's all about being connected to others, right? So that networking vibe that we still get through all of the four line keynotes in the Gene Keys, and also in human design, we see it there as well. So this line thrives on connection and trust. And there's an unconscious seeking of relationships and togetherness throughout life. So it's really interesting because when I was learning about this, it started to blow my mind a little bit. And I'm going to share a bit more before I dive into the story. But basically from childhood, there's a natural seeking of family and communion. And in adulthood, it can show it shows up as a continued journey to find space for belonging in a nourishing space. So what I find fascinating is that when I look at my life, so earlier I talked about having relationships in life and it's like you can look at having, you know, quantity relationships or quality relationships. And I feel like, for example, in high school, I had a lot of quantity, but not a lot of quality. And what I noticed now, I was sharing with my friend Randy, actually, I was talking with her about this because she just is such a genius with the gene keys as well. And is so deep into this work. I was telling her, I was like, you know, Randy, sometimes I think about the day that Guillaume and I get married and I, you know, the traditional have a bridal shower like who would be in my bridal party I should say not bridal shower you know what I mean so who would be in my bridal party and I, I think of the women in my life and a lot of them don't know each other and so I'm like this is so interesting because I can see this this way and how I have these intense partnerships with my unconscious two line in my radiant sphere but then also the four line in my SQ what I notice is that I have a lot of very high quality relationships in my life and they don't necessarily know each other, but it's these specific relationships where I feel that I can, I have a belonging with my spirituality in terms of how I experience and express myself. And it's interesting because a lot of these women that I have relationships with are across the world. They're all over the world. But then even in my own city in Victoria, I have, I thankfully, I have a small group of girlfriends who were all very spiritually connected and I feel this belonging with them. But before that, like when I lived in Toronto and I didn't have people physically present with me, I, I felt kind of alienated. Like I felt like I couldn't resonate. And it's funny too, because this is also the shadow of like the sixth line of this sort of disassociated, disconnected, like this sort of alienated shadow side, right? So it's like you can see all of the lines will exi exist within us. So when I started to contemplate this and I was like, oh my God, there's there's actually nothing wrong with the fact that I have these, these relationships. I don't have huge networks. I have high quality relationships and this is where I find my belonging. It doesn't necessarily have to be in these big groups of people. And even if for you, this line exists for you where it's like you notice you have these big communities, that's beautiful. The point is, do you feel a belonging there and allow it to look unique in its own way and give it that space to breathe because again the breath is connected to the four line as well so it's been really interesting because I was thinking about this and I just kind of got this new taste of freedom in that because I felt like okay I'm allowed to have quality relationships less relationships and have the sense of belonging. It doesn't mean because I have a four line, I'm supposed to have this massive network of people. So I've really been nurturing that. And so 
when I'm contemplating this fear and when you contemplate this fear as well, like consider the gifts that you bring to your relationships and communities when you have a four line, right? So what, what shines your natural ability to be likable and create these bonds with others? Cause there's this natural likability with the four line. So when you look at this, this line, or you contemplate this fear from a business lens, you can ask like, how can I have an open heart to fuel this ability for me to create kinship with others? How can I sink into my own body, breathe, and be relaxed in the way that I connect with those through my business, right? So I feel like for me, one of the things is that when I connect with potential clients and I connect with people, if I find a sense of belonging, like I know that that's going to be a long-lasting relationship, whether it's just in the DMs or they purchase a reading or they decide to work with me long-term, like I can really feel this four-line like coming through, especially when it comes to spirituality, so we're on to our last pathway and our last fear. And I'm like, holy shit, because this episode is going to be over an hour. But here we go, friends. Here we go. So the pathway of realization, I mean, when you when we look at every aspect of the Gene Keys, I find that everything is so fucking special and unique in its own way. But when I was reading about the pathway of realization, I had a really hard time encapsulating all of the wisdom into like short short notes forms because or short form notes because it was just like so intense and so I'm going to share what I have here because I think that it's only going to just bring more awareness to you as we navigate back into the core wound which is the imprinting that we receive while we're in the womb of our parent or our mother so the pathway realization is a pathway to remembering and surrendering to the mysteries of how we're designed to live our life. I feel like that one fucking line is already a lot to digest. It's really about letting go of old paradigms, old beliefs and structures that no longer serve us and ultimately having the realization that we can sit in this void of awakening. So I think that you can think back to a moment in time where you've had major aha moments and it was a time of awakening for you. And you know what's so funny is I can actually share a story about this when, again, because Landmark was my first taste into personal development, even though there's a lot of things I have to say about it now, I remember very specifically, and I know that this is such a like very beginner level mindset sort of shift for people to have, but one of the biggest things that I learned from Landmark is that life is empty and meaningless until we give it meaning. And that our mind creates stories. And so this, when I really started to see the different layers that we create as human beings, and I was like, okay, so nothing has to mean anything until we make it mean something. Like right now, I have a microphone in front of me. And like, I know it's a microphone because we gave it that meaning. But before I would even know what something is, it's just nothing. It's like going to a country and then asking to be able to explain something in that language and you don't know it. You don't know it until you know it. And so for me, I just remember this, this moment of awakening and it was like, these things just fell away. So it was literally the beliefs, the paradigms, the structures that I had on the way that I was seeing certain people in my life or certain relationships. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, I made all of this shit up. Like I can change the story. That was a moment of awakening for me. So this is how I experienced the pathway of realization from my own experience. So this, this pathway is also known as a returning to the quote one point. This is the space of universal consciousness within us and it's located just below the navel in our body. So if you think about it, this is a place of absorption. Like when we literally have the umbilical cord, which connects us to everything that we need when we're growing in the womb, right? So we're traveling back into that time. And so it's really about coming back to our 
inner suffering, which connects us to our core wound, right? Which is known as the, the last sphere in the Venus sequence. So this pathway is, it's, it's something that I really love is that all the pathways in the Venus sequence, the way that they're described is just like different flows of energy and flows in comparison to water because water is obviously very connected to emotion. Like when we cry, we literally have tears, right? So if you think about it, this pathway is like a flow of water because emotions are literally energy in motion. So when we look at the previous pathways, the IQ pathway resembles a rush and paced flow of rapids through the breakthroughs that come through the pathway of love. And then this is really about us breaking open our heart into a new paradigm, into unconditional love. So it's just like these pathways become more intense as we go through the Venus sequence because it's here to crack us open. We need that resistance. We need that pressure to to crack us open into a new way of being with the concept of love and having an open heart. So the the SQ sphere is ultimately where these flows of water and rapids meet the body of the ocean, right? So like I'm saying, it's literally opening us up to the ocean. Like this is where all the, the water flows to the biggest ocean. Like imagine that being the unconditional love that it is with the vastness that it has. So this is our space of transcendence. And it's the final, what we call the final flowering of our consciousness into what's called the rainbow body. So if you want to look at the rainbow body, I'm not going to dive into it here, but this is ultimately where we tap into our state of individuation and core stability to lead us into the journey of our core wound. So it's really, we're coming up to this point and it's this vast opening of our heart, really embracing, loving appreciating what it is that we've learned from the core wounding that we have, accepting our humanness. It creates that stability to be able to really go into the depths of our core wound, which then ultimately becomes our vocation through the pearl sequence. And is like one of the biggest geniuses that we are here to share with the world. No big deal, friends. No big deal. So now we've traveled into the core wound which is our unconscious Mars. So again, we're coming back into that, that immaturity energy. The biggest space for possibility and growth is here. So this is the final sphere of the Venus sequence. And I kind of shared about this and I really loved the example that I was reading about on the Gene Keys website when I talked about the journey through the golden path. And I've said this a few times now where it's not a linear experience. It's kind of like, I don't know if you've ever seen those Russian dolls where it's like you open it and there's a smaller one and a smaller one and a smaller one. Like it's really layers and it's, it's, they're inside of each, each other, right? It's not just like, they're not lined up one by one. It's the depth that we come into as a human being. So it's more of a journey through, sorry, it's less of a journey through and it's more of a journey in. Like that's, that's really what the Venus sequence is about. And so this journey takes us deeper into our hearts. Obviously I'm talking about love. Obviously I'm talking about going into like the depths of the wound that we've received throughout, you know, the different phases of our life. And this sacred wound is what connects us to others. And this is what drives our evolution and what is the core of our suffering. So the suffering of this wound is the journey to connect to our higher purpose. So until this fear, a lot of the focus of the pathways and the other spheres are about relationships where the core wound is focused on aloneness. So this is where when we're in the shadow side of this, it's like we feel separated from the collective but when we start to go in with unconditional love with our co-wound, this is quite literally how we connect with the collective. So it's when we when we sit with this, 
it's really diving into the inquiry of will I be the wounded victim or the wounded healer? And this fear holds the codes for our suffering in this lifetime. And this is where our heart stretches beyond to embrace the essence of death, which is like the ultimate essence of aloneness. And so it's deep. I feel like I could do a whole podcast episode on this one fucking sphere, but we're just going to like dive into it now as it is. So when you consider your core wound from a business lens, consider with the frequencies of the sphere, where do I find this wounding in my life and my business? Like how, how am or how, how am I and can I share this gift of this core wound with others? Like how that's literally going to get you to connect with other people. What is really here for me to accept with my suffering that can open me more into the space of unconditional love? So you, you can either resonate with this or I bet you could imagine someone who does this. But people who have experienced and embraced major wounding in their life are typically the ones who want to come forth and support others who are going through that. And I think a prime example is somebody who uh, who is in recovery with addiction and they want to support other people to come into recovery to work through their addiction. It's like that is like the fucking epitome of the thing that they had to deal with in their life. And now they've really come through that with unconditional love and they have this wisdom to connect with others and support them. So there's a, there's a really beautiful intensity with this because it's like, this is the shit that you know to your core. Like this is your, this is your truth. And when you come forward with this and you share this, it's going to awaken these aspects of people where they're going to feel seen and they're not going to feel alone. So this is the interconnectedness. And it's crazy because as I said that, like I totally have chills because I just, I can just see so clearly recording this podcast episode, the depth of the Venus sequence and how, you know, obviously this impacts your life, but imagine the intensity and the depth that you can take your business. If you seriously contemplate this and look at how you can embody this work in your business. So when I consider my core wound, it is gene key 34, which is found in the sacral center. The shadow is force. We have strength and then majesty. And I have a three line. So 34.3. So this is, this has been something that I started contemplating last year. It's like one of the first gene keys I dove into because I was like, okay, this is, you know, the tail end of my Venus. We're getting into the prosperity sequence. Like the shadows of your pearl sequence are directly what block prosperity in your life. So I'm like, I'm going to sit with this shit and contemplate it. So when I actually look at my core wound, and even when I look at my life, the experiences that I've had of even just being a sacral generator as well, and the conditioning from society of like, this is what you should be doing. And having the energy to do these things, even though I wasn't lit up by it, so I'm forcing myself, okay? I forced myself so much in my life. I forced myself to do my best to have a deep and loving relationship with my dad, despite what I experienced in my childhood. I've forced myself to attempt being a teacher when that was not meant to be my path. You know, I've, I've forced myself to do the things that I didn't want to do, the things that I thought I should do, because I thought that's what would get me what I should have or what I thought I wanted to have, but it just wasn't sustainable, right? And automatically I look at the the shadow side of that. Like I, I almost think you could consider your own design. Like let's say if even if a projector 
had 34 activated in their sacral with an undefined sacral center, I wonder if they would feel bitterness if they were forcing things. So for me, I feel frustration when I force things. A manifester might feel anger when they force things, right? So there's this is kind of another way that you can look at this. But for me, I could see in my business, like, holy shit, Kayla, you forced yourself to do X, Y, and Z for years. You forced yourself to do the strategies and the tactics that people said would make you successful and it wasn't sustainable. Like you forced yourself to do this. Like you forced yourself to work these long hour days because you're trying to get out of this rut. Like there's there's a lot of forcing energy and it's like, I even think as an athlete, forcing myself to train a certain way, to get certain results, to, to force myself on the field, even if I'm tired, like it's just literally the underlying theme. And if I didn't force myself or, or produce the results that I wanted, I would just feel like a failure. I would feel alone, like there's something wrong with me. And so when I was reading about the 34th Gene Key in the Gene Key book, I couldn't believe it because it was giving the example of an Olympic athlete and talking about how basically when they're in their natural embodiment, like they're not forcing their athleticism per se like I'm totally paraphrasing like what it is that I remember from reading about this like months ago but there's this natural strength that comes through that more goes with the rhythm of the sport right and it leads into this energy of majesty and I find majesty such a fascinating word in the sense that when I think about it I just have this visualization of like a queen on her throne like she knows who the fuck she is she's got her crown like, there's just strength, this unfuck with ability. There's no forcing of anything. There's this, like, reassurance, self-assurance, and so on. And so what really blew my mind is that I started to look at, and some of you may know this, but when I was in university, I was competing as a rugby athlete. I played rugby for, like, almost 20 years. And I was selected to go on the university national sevens team, and I went to the University Olympics in 2013 in Russia, and we played sevens and we won bronze and placed on the podium. And so it's really interesting because when I read this in the Gene Keys book, I was like, holy shit, I've literally had this experience. And I started to look back and I was like, Kayla, how the fuck did you excel to the Olympics? Like, I never had that as a goal. It just happened. And I'm not saying like maybe my unconscious two line didn't realize how natural I was at doing this. But I looked at it and I was like, well, you didn't force yourself there. And again, tying this back into human design, I was like, Kaylee, you were doing what you loved doing. Like you just loved playing rugby. Like your sacral was fucking lit. And I'm not saying even if you're a non-sacral being and you have this gate or this gene key, you can still be lit up because it's in that center. It's about that energy, that creative life force energy. And so I was contemplating this and I was like, okay, so you were just lit up. Like you weren't forcing things. You were going with the flow. You were doing what you had to do. And yeah, fucking majestic you placed on the podium with your team like what more can you ask for and so I really started to look at that and it was just the prioritizing of pleasure for me and so I can really see how I share in business is very much like where are you forcing yourself to not be how you're designed to be energetically and like how can you prioritize your own essence your own authenticity and be your own fucking majestic self right? So this, it was so fascinating for me to like, look at this and realize, okay, yes, there's definitely times in rugby where I forced myself, but then also it led me down this path to, you know, I went to the Olympics and placed on the podium, but then there's also times in my rugby career where I literally had my coaches tell me that I was a weak player and I didn't make the roster to go and compete 
in our university competitions in the early years. And I sat on the bench and I was not a starting player. And then by the end, it was like I had to ask to come off the field because the fucking coach wouldn't take me off the field and I was tired. So it's like, it's so interesting to contemplate this. And I look at how this shows up in my business and I'm like, Kayla, how can you prioritize your fucking joy? Like come back to the pleasure of the sacral and trust that. So the line that I have, the third line, there's the double side to this. There's the shadow side of shame and then there's the gift side of humor. So it's really this this third line has the tendencies of like being non-committed, running away, avoiding conflict, avoiding the hard feelings, right? And it can show up as self-loathing. And it's wanting to excuse and avoid the feelings of pain. And so shame would make me feel unworthy and therefore I will drown myself in work in order to avoid the feelings of worthlessness. And I can 100% see how I did this in my business multiple times. Forcing things and then it's like, well, Kayla, obviously you don't have your shit together. So we're just going to work super fucking hard so you don't have to feel these feelings of why you think you're not worthy of success. And so the key to opening this is being able to slow down and for me to be vulnerable with myself like Kayla you're forcing yourself in this journey right now like how can I how can I allow myself to be naked in my shame and and realize that this is a very human experience and I'm not actually alone right and how can I how can I kind of laugh at my seriousness and and so this humor is it's very interesting because there's a fine line there's a fine line between using humor to be a distraction versus using humor to like deeply have compassion for oneself so I think that's a very important point to consider right and so when I consider this like humor is an overflow of intimacy with oneself like oh my gosh like how ridiculous am I how human am I right? So it's, it's coming from that place of love and acceptance over let's distract ourselves and be funny, right? So from a business lens, what you can ask yourself is where and what am I running away from to avoid shame? Like this is a big three line question to ask, like what the fuck am I running away from? Because that's going to, that's going to show the point of commitment, right? And then you can also ask like, how can I stop to look at shame in the eye with love and see the humanness of it? So I can laugh from a state of freedom, not laugh from a state of distraction. So that's it. This is the Venus sequence. This is a long ass freaking episode. I think it's the longest solo episode I've ever done. And I hope that today, even though the chances of someone having the same gene keys as me, you could at least have the same lines. It might be vice versa. I hope that this really inspires you to see how you can layer on your business, the relationships that you have in your business, look at the emotional wounding and how you can expand yourself into unconditional love. Like really consider it. If you were being unconditional love, how would you show up in your business and how would your business transform? How would your business make an impact with people because I know if you're listening to this whether you're a business owner or not you have relationships in your life you have connections and I'm not saying you don't have to have a shitload of them you can have very few and they're still high quality what impact can unconditional love make and I think this is a beautiful thing to seriously consider 
Imagine making all of your business decisions from this lens of unconditional love. What the fuck would happen? So with that being said, as I wrap this up, I want you to know that I have an incredible resource for you that I'm in the process of creating, but depending on when you listen to this, it might already be ready. The Gene Keys Business Guide, where today I took you through my Venus sequence and talked about all the pathways, all the lines, all the Gene Keys and gave contemplation prompts. And this Gene Keys Business Guide is exactly that. It's going through all three of the sequences. It's giving you all the prompts. It's going through your gene keys, your lines. And it's really a tool that I feel like we'll just keep on giving because you can come back, go to a certain part of your, of your golden path and contemplate that and look at how you can embody that in your life and in your business. And I'm really excited because I'm going to be creating a 64 audio library as well with all the gene keys and just like contemplating them from an entrepreneurial lens to complement the gene keys business guide. So I'm still creating this right now. But I can already tell once it's customized, it will be close to 100 pages of content. Like this is a huge resource. It's like the biggest thing I've ever created in my business. I'm so excited because I just love the Gene Keys. I love the fluidity. I'm obsessed with the nuance of it. And I feel like contemplating the Gene Keys and sharing this work is probably the thing that brings people together the most because this one thing to be like oh I'm a generator and somebody else is like oh I'm a generator and then you kind of have this conversation but I feel like the gene keys is more inclusive and obviously I'm very much in human design because I'm constantly roping that in to back up the things that I say to make it more relatable but I'm just obsessed with this work so you can find the link to hop on the wait list or the link to purchase this in the show notes and there'll be more information there for you but I'm really excited and you can expect another episode coming out where I'm going to dive into the Pearl sequence and I'm going to talk about prosperity and business. So I'm super excited for that. So as I wrap things up, I would love to ask if you can take a moment to please leave a review. And if you share this on social media, tag me. If you've had aha moments or revelations, please let me know. I love when people slide into my DMs. Even if you've never talked before, I get so excited to hear that this has made a difference for you, especially when I spent so much time recording episodes. It's like that moment of positive feedback. It just keeps me going. It keeps me showing up and creating this work for you. So I want to thank you so much for listening. Be sure that you subscribe to the channel because there's going to be lots more goodies coming out. And I will chat with you in the next episode.